You're listening to Win Win, an entrepreneurial community with your host, Ben Wolf. And welcome to the Win Win Podcast. This is your host, Ben Wolf, as per usual. We're going to learn from our guest today how to set up your fractional CMO for success if you're retaining a fractional CMO. Uh, ask everybody to pause, stop, leave a review, don't do anything else, follow, subscribe, I don't know, like, whatever it is that you are allowed to do on the platform on which you are listening to or watching this, please do that thing and then unpause. But I don't know if you heard me say unpause because maybe you were paused and then you hear it after you had already paused and you don't have to go back and pause again and then replay. You just leave it playing. It's fine. But with that said, let me get into introducing our guest today, who is the founder and CEO of Advantages, a marketing communications agency that helps uh, that connects profit to purpose through performance-focused marketing. She's the hope, host of the Drive First, uh, Drive Profit with Purpose podcast. She is also a fractional CMO and a member of an organization near and dear to my heart, the Fractional Leadership Organization. Uh, she's a Vistage speaker on marketing ROI. You can learn more about everything she's up to at advantages.net. I've got that URL right. Yeah, welcome, Fran Biederman Gross. Welcome, Fran. Well, thank you for having me, Ben. A pleasure to be here. Well, it's my pleasure to have you. And if you could get us, you know, talking about how to set up your fractional CMO for success. Obviously, you you are a fractional CMO. You have an agency that does that. You have a lot of other areas of marketing expertise that you have as well. But if you don't mind giving us like a quick two-minute background, I guess, on how you got to be talking about what we're talking about today, setting up your fractional CMO for success. Give us a quick two-minute context and background on understanding how we got talking about this. Okay. So in two minutes, uh, that's definitely a tall order, but in, in very short order, the I'm bottom not line, be cutting you off if you, <laughs> if you go over the two minutes, that's okay. I totally expect that you will. <laughs> and I would, I engage in interactive conversations, so I, like a, I can roll with the best of them. Foghorns or something. If yeah, somebody... all good. All good. <laughs> so you know, if we look at life and where we are today and really maximizing teams, whether they're remote or they're in person, you really need the best of the best of what someone really needs, you know, has to offer. And when we think about advantages in the way that we've pulled, you know, a fractional team together with fractional um, integrated teams, you can do a lot with a little and with really good people who know what they're doing. It just, it just makes life so much easier. And I've just leaned into trying to set companies up for, you don't need to look over somebody's shoulder all the time. You need to set the right objectives and let the smart people do the right thing. And in, in a nutshell, it's been decades of experience of, you know, doing marketing reactively, proactively, strategically, uh, tactically. And I'm like, to me at this point, there's only one right way. And there is no reason for a company that is, you know, even small to mid-size to have a full-time, very decorated, experienced, great pedigree CMO. They are not, they don't, you don't need it. So fractional is honestly, it's a godsend for those who A, understand marketing. And I'm not insulting anyone in any way, because I don't believe that everybody needs marketing. But if you need it for a growth, um, this is the best way to get it. So I think you just need to set them up for success and you'll be, you'll be off to the racers. We've got plenty of data for that. 
Right. Well, that's well, okay. I want to hear about that data in a minute. And, and that's a great segue into what I wanted to ask you about next, which is uh, like what kinds of situations or pains are people going through who do need? I mean, you mentioned not everybody needs marketing or not everybody needs a CMO, even fractionally. But uh, what kind of pain or situations are people going through where that might be indicative or a trigger that, hey, I should be bringing in? you know, uh, CMOs help even fractionally? Like what, what kind of, what are they going through? First of all, it's a great question. Um, so some of our clients are going through a number of things, but I just want to set the stage for what is branding and marketing? You know, what is marketing really meant to do and how do we define its job to be done? And how do you know if you need it? So that's really the question we want to get to. But if we, if we go into the preface that, you know, marketing is meant to do two things, it's either meant to increase brand equity or drive, you know, drive leads for sales. And I'm talking about hand-to-hand combat on qualifications, not just taking a specialist agency that says, hey, I can drive leads and throwing it over the fence. And then sales goes, this is, you know, there's this rivalry between, you've got to go to hand-to-hand, you've got to go through hand-to-hand combat with your agency, making sure that the qualifications that you set out are actually the right qualifications so that you're getting good leads. So, if it, if it can do only one of those two things or both at the same time, if you've got an expanded bandwidth and budget and multi-channels and so on, um, I, think, I think about the problems that they're having today, that they're just doing too much. It's like ADD, oh, shiny, and it's like specialists. They're suffering some specialist, 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 and no one's working together. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I see people tired and frustrated and exhausted. And they're not getting the results, right? It all boils down to, are you getting a return on investment? If you're not, don't do it. You know, the vanity is totally insanity here because if it's not making you money or con- or contributing to helping you make money, don't do it. And that is a very difficult thing for many business owners to kind of really get real with to be honest. And those who are tired of not getting the ROI, like, Mm -hmm. I mean, it's great when something goes viral, dare I say that, but I want to know, did it drive sales? Did it drive leads? Did it contribute to your authority? What did it do for you? So it's like, help me understand what the business objectives are. Help me understand your business and your model. And then we can define the marketing job to be done and then only strategically, tactically execute what needs to be done, generating the results. Now, obviously there's a bullet, but that's, it's just straight, straight shoot. Right. And that gets into that phrase on your website, performance driven marketing. And, and I guess, so is that what I'm hearing is the main pain that people might be having is just not getting, you know, they're spending money, they're doing a lot of stuff, not getting ROI or not, or not even knowing whether they're getting ROI because maybe they're not even measuring it properly. Um, so that's a lot of what people are seeing. And now one of the things you've, you've written about is how so many CMOs, I don't know whether full-time or fractional or marketing, marketing agencies, these engagements are often very short-lived why is that? Or maybe even more so than other types of things that you might, resources that you might be bringing in or other types of team members that you're bringing in. Why, why is that so much the case with marketing? Because marketing is a black hole, right? There's so much that gets stuffed into the marketing realm or the, you know, the line items of what marketing should cover and where, 
you know, how it all ties back into the PL, what's investment based, what's brand based, what's what's not. And it's when there's when there isn't clarity, things go into the gray. And, you know, I I hate to say why they're short-lived, but what I see from the clients that come to us, um, they're short-lived because they sit down and they get very excited of something very creative that really gets some buzz going. And they're tactical. And these tactical things run their course because they're not strung together. Mm -hmm. So I like to think of myself as a strategic generalist, or at least the agency is a strategic generalist. We take that approach, define the business objective, help me understand what that is, outline the marketing job to be done and go do it. If we say we're going to create a hypothesis, we're going to go prove it. I'm going to, if you tell me you want X conversions, you, you want, you're looking for ultimately X conversions. We have to work that backwards. What is it really going to cost? It's not like it's, it's, there are formulas and metrics to get to everything you need to. The question is, are you the company in the right place at the right time, spending the right amount of money, getting the right return on investment? And there is a hierarchy. Right. You can't just, you know, we think about brand, we think about logo. We don't think about the verbal side of its brand. And yeah. I believe that, you know, we can talk about literally very specific case studies where you're looking at um, a company that we work with, a yacht company. And, you know, they came to us originally and said, you know, our website's a mess. We want to build the website. I'm like, okay, tactical execution. Let's go back to the business objective. We're looking to grow and engage people. Okay, it might be a website that you ultimately need, but let's start with the one thing that we have to put on the other side of the PL, the investment component first through discovery. Who are you? Why should people care? What are you doing that's um, really unique, different, and special? How does it all come into play? What's your cause? What are you dedicated to? What's the dream? What's the impact? And then putting all of those pieces together, which I synthesize in the book, um, and you know, we'll talk about that in a bit, mm -hmm. but that, and that has a double benefit when the leader of a company truly is clear about their message, clear about the impact, clear about the cause, and then create a subset of, I'm going to say organize, not rules, but values, shared values. You can actually use that as a decision-making filter. And there's a double benefit for that, um, to leaders on the comm side for internal purposes, but from the brand perspective. We were stumbling on it all the time. And in the case of Starboard Yacht, we ended up rebranding them and really pulling out their manifesto and really resonating to the point where it took us about six or seven months to get their website, you know, kind of launched after the brand discovery, which is a pretty, pretty condensed time for the, as much and as technical as it was. Um, it's great that the world agreed with us and they were recognized for a fair amount of awards for the site, for the content, for the user usability, UI, UX. And then we started the campaigns. So it was really impressive in the first three months when, you know, we were generating over $350,000, $400,000 in new, new business opportunities for them that were qualified. And by the end of six months, by the end of 21, I believe we had hit 1.9 million in new qualified leads. So when you take right. a, a mid, you know, small company that's four to five million in gross sales, and you're giving them a brand new pipeline, those are pretty impressive metrics. Right. 
Right. That's awesome. And, 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 and related to all of this, one of the things that you've, that you've spoken about and written about is, uh, is, is, is five things or five tips business owners need to think about for making their, you know, fractional CMO engagement successful. If they, if they realize they need to go that route, you know, start telling us about those. So, you know, when we think I, the way I like to think about, um, getting things, getting your house in order per se, mm-hmm. You have to get really clear on your comms. The book that I wrote really covers that approach in the three keys, really, really simplifying that down to how do you really drive profit with purpose? You know, mm-hmm. get clear on your communication. So your cause, your purpose, your belief is your is rolled into your purpose with your mission and your vision, with your cause and your impact, whatever language you want to use it. Your, you could call it your core purpose, however you want to break it out. Um, And then you get into the values. And this is really where my life's work um, sits because it's Mm -hmm. just the the richest thing are your, what I define as your shared values. We each have individual values. And if we can put them into, um, into a formulaic subset, we can actually get the, the teams, the companies themselves to use their shared values as a, you know, a communications leader. It's really the underpinning of your brand foundation. And as we were doing that for clients, um, that's how we discovered, you know, the internal and external benefit. But it starts with the leader and being really clear about what you stand for, where you're going, what you're committed to doing, right? And on the, very simply, that's vision, mission, values. Mm-hmm. And bringing together and synthesizing all of those values. So getting clear on the comms is there. And then if you're going, that's great for, you know, the leader, but for marketing, you're going to be completely lost if you don't understand your audience insights, because everything you do needs to be completely woven and focused on the way the the way that your clients who are looking for the things that you are able to deliver, and it has there has to be a resonance. So what they stand for and what they believe in, that's that's a purposeful approach. We believe that emotional approach works, um, which is why we're dedicated to doing that. Um, and we've got the metrics be behind the success of the clients to, to prove that it does, but you can't have one without the other, right. you know, having your three keys alone with ignoring who your ideal audience is and without the insights on what they think you do versus what you think you do perception projection. So you can have the best thing in the world to quote Seth Godin. If no one's buying it, it doesn't matter. So in insight, audience insights are everything. Mm -hmm. And then then really going into these campaign frameworks, like there's, there's a start, there's an experience to be had. There is testing that needs to be done. You need to be patient enough to not pull a plug to get a data-driven baseline so that you've got metrics to rally around. Because you're, if you're really rallying around the wrong set of metrics, it's not going to matter and it's not going to drive business. Mm -hmm or the increase of business that you're looking for. And, you know, I talk about wholeheartedly commit because they don't, I have to manage the client's impatience as I mu- as much as I have to do anything else. Because if we say we need to be committed to for four months and it's 10 or 15, 20 grand a month, you, you gotta go the distance because you, if we're making that recommendation, chances are you don't have the data. So we need the baseline mm-hmm. and we're doing it as quickly as we can 
and we are agile and we are on top of it. We're not the agency um, or the fractional team that says, talk to you next month and we'll give you some updates. It's weekly, it's static, it's, it's, it's agile. Mm -hmm. I know it's forever moving. It's, a, it's, it's not stagnant at all. And we're constantly moving and, and, and changing and updating. And you have, like I said, you have to have an appreciation and an affinity for it. Um, but the conversations I want to have is based on your business objective. Here's the strategic hypothesis. And we said, we're going to get you X number of leads. I don't know, Ben, we're, we, we said we were going to deliver 32 qualified leads, you know, every, every 14 days, how we doing? That's the conversations I want to be focused on, mm -hmm. not the, how many posts, what were the likes, what was the engagement is the, now, yes, we want to look at all of that because everything dominoes, but mm -hmm. ultimately who raised their hand and wanted more information, who gave you, who filled something out that was qualified and how do we get people to stay through the user experience to get the information that they need so they can make a good decision quickly. And if they're right. a good fit, they should come. Right. I'm, I'm curious also, no, it's, it's helpful, a high level. And it, you know, it sounds like these are the keys that, well, it's, it's, it's not even so much about what the business owner needs to be doing in advance of a CMO engagement as it is like the five key elements of, you know, of a CMO engagement that the CMO needs to be doing. And um, it makes me curious, like, do you have examples either from way, way back earlier in your career or, or, or from other people that you've heard about, or, you know, from clients that you've had, it's like, oh, my previous fractional CMO, they did this, that, and the other thing, and this is what happened. Like, I guess the negative stories are maybe where these things weren't done and something that happened. Yeah. I hate being negative, but here's, here's some of like the top, no five names. Things. You could, you no, know. of course not. <laughs> Here are the top five things that we hear. Right. Um, we bought a strategy and you know, they wanted to manage the execution on their own and the people that were, that they were pulling, whether it be a designer, a content writer, um, I'm going to say design and content are usually right. And then there's the sort of tactical execution, the posting, the engaging, there's a disconnect, right? There is a strategic intent to the strategic document. And if there isn't really a prior relationship or the CMO, if you will, who's managing, who's growing those people to understand how to synthesize, right? You're hiring one, it's the specialist thing. This is the number one disconnect. And then mm -hmm. probably the number one, um, probably one of the top three reasons why as a team, we synthesize all of that. And that's why they come this way and why we're managing, defining the strategy and managing, not all in every case, but most of the time, all of the execution client doesn't have to hear about it. They don't, they don't have to worry if their designer flaked out. They don't have to hear about their, you know, their content writer's workload. They don't have to hear about, wait a minute, this content writer doesn't have this specific expertise in this industry, right? When you, when you manage all of that on your own, it's not the job of the CMO necessarily to manage the team. And in most cases, when people buy strategy, they're not buying them the time for them to do that. And many CMOs don't necessarily want to do that. And there are a lot of really great ones out there. So, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to say that there are. It's not, a, it's not being aligned with the actual culture, the actual values, the actual product, the actual customer of the company. It's just kind of set up at the beginning and then sort of disconnected. 
I'm actually saying something different. Okay. You are hiring a CMO and you are going, great, help me understand, you know, what I should be doing for marketing. So they write, they, they do all the great discovery work they need to, and they give you a beautifully, perfectly ready to execute strategy. And then what happens is you buy, you, you buy time or you hire a bunch of people and they are specialists and they are not connected to each other. So design isn't connected under a under any particular philosophy other than whatever's written in the strategy. And you've got disconnects. So you've got a content writer writing a content for a website who isn't working with the designer to see if the content fits, you know, even if it's custom or templated, like they're not working together mm -hmm. and they are not overseen by the CMO because they're, again, their strategic intent inside that strategy. So there's a lot of disconnect and frustration by the- Between the parts. Between the parts, right? So it's all the things that fall between the cracks. Um, the other thing is exactly to your point, you know, they're handing them whatever the brand book is or whatever they're just, whatever brand documents they possibly can cobble together, or maybe they actually have a brand style guide and they have got a brand book together. And um, again, you're going from different approaches and different philosophies and different people have different styles. And you as the company are managing an expertise that is not synthesized. So you, right. and, and to that point, you don't necessarily have clear communications inside of what I would call your verbal side of your brand. So there isn't mm -hmm. good direction that's being given to the CMO from a brand perspective. So they go right into marketing without the brand elements that they need. That's a, that's a big one, especially because we're so purpose-driven. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of people come in to sort out these sort of keys issues. And then, then we start moving into the, the marketing side. Mm -hmm. And that usually rears its head, by the way, in leadership issues and culture issues. You don't really have, you might not, I didn't say you don't, you might not have a culture problem. You actually might have a brand problem. It, mm -hmm. it all comes from the leader, right? You need clarity of message. Right. And right, then so an if you don't have that, too. it all dominoes down negatively, right? So right. at some point between nine to 18 months, you will probably get frustrated without a return. Um, and many, unfortunately, I would say the third really popular reason is people are allergic to the retainer model. And look, we're in professional services, so I can't argue with that because we need to be paid for our time. And that's probably a whole other discussion and we have to manage it. But everyone needs to respect it. That said, we have to be deliverables, you know, oriented. We have to be outcome oriented in order to be able to deliver and be respectful of our time as well as well as our clients' time. Mm -hmm. So after six months, people get a little, I signed a year contract. We're kind of going through three months of discovery. We're running a campaign. Uh, you're jumping into this channel, that channel, and all these other channels. And I'm just not seeing what I thought I would see. Whether it's even it was agreed upon or not, you start getting impatient and frustrated. And then you go to another agency and you go through the same thing. Why mm -hmm. is that? So a fair amount of our clients are coming from other agencies that are, again, they're specialists. They're not strategic generalists that insist on building the brand piece, no matter where in the first few months we need to kind of pull together. Mm -hmm. We've got a very clear step-by-step, step, whether we do them together or not. And if you've got 
a brand book that's clear, we might do an audit on it, but we're going to get right into like this unlock of how do we unlock and create the data baselines that we need to prove the hypothesis on where we're going to help you grow. Right. You know, and when we get to that steady state, it's just about doing more and being more efficient and being more specific about how to deliver. So, and on that point, you mentioned before data that you've collected or you've gotten. Do you want to say more about that? Oh, the world data. Oh my <laughs> God. I, I couldn't say enough about it at the same time. I'm not the authority on it, but I, I want to know everything about everything, right? I want to know if we just talked about an isolated website, right? Where we've got a client where the UI UX is, it's beautifully designed. It has a great flow through, but at some particular place in the journey, people are jumping off and there's something that's rubbing them the wrong way. And if I don't see the bounce rates and if we're not looking at these things, how do I know not to fix it? Just because we thought we liked it. If it's not working, we need to fix it. Right. And we get hung up on not letting the data guide the result. We get hung up on whether it's the visual or what we believe to be right, but we're mm -hmm. not letting the data guide us mm -hmm. and say, hey, this is what's resonating. We want to do more of that because they're staying longer on these pages. Why? And really looking at it from a very strategic analytical place and saying, well, they're spending too much time over here reading about the stabilizer, just going back to Starboard Yacht, and um, they're not booking an appointment. Why is that? So we had to fix things so that we made sure that they didn't just get a great education and mm -hmm. then went somewhere else to buy it, but they actually yeah. ended up capturing information and being able to become, you know, a lead, which they would then qualify right. and getting tighter and tighter. I hope that's helpful. Yeah, no, it's good. I, yeah. And like I said, I know you can, you know, go on all day on, on, on examples with that. And I guess in the last couple of minutes that we have, you know, you wrote how to lead a values-based professional services firm, three keys to unlock purpose and profit. I'll put the link in the uh, description, but um, why did you write this book? I'm writing a book. It's the whole, it's the whole big thing. I know I've written one, writing another one now, but like how, uh, how, why did you write that book? So um, the long answer is go watch the video. I mean, honestly, it's, it, it's a tool to help leaders. I'm a strategist that, that wrote a leadership book because in doing what we do through the agency and attracting and repelling the right people in a purpose-driven way, it's really, you, the leader needs to get very clear on these keys. And when mm -hmm. you do, you will, the result of, you know, once you once you align all the components of the, and every facet of your business, you will result in profitability in every department. Mm -hmm. You know, if, when you think about, you know, clarity of message comes unity of people. When you unite people, what happens? They, they tend to gel, right? So they, so they get momentum and after they get momentum, they get efficient and efficiency happens. That's where profitability is. So when you think about how clear and important these messages are, and how true they are to be, you know, they are to be of not only you, the leader, but of you, the company. Um, it's much easier to do business with people you like. So to be authentic in that way. I mean, it's amazing to watch even the last couple of years to watch companies that we're working with that are just, just soaring. Aventus Advisory Group, you know, Talson Solutions took a 
you know, a 20 year celebration and took made a, a whole year marketing campaign out of it. Mm. And um, they got their vendors involved. They got their clients involved. And it, it truly was a 12 month celebration and it has yielded deepened relationships. And in that business, that's, that's what drives new business. Right. Right. So clarity. Yeah, no, that's message. Awesome. What? Clarity of message. Clarity of message. I mean, I, I really, I, I put the entire approach in the appendix of the book. I, I did it as a gift. I, I want you to, I know it works. I have an entire company built on it, you know, which, right. and I, I want everybody to be able to, to read it, to use it, to engage, to talk about it. Um, you know, but there's right. definitely more to come. I don't know. Another book, not yet, but, um, <laughs> That's awesome. But we're 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 having a lot of fun with all the workshops that are kind of coming out out of it and helping people through it. Right. You can do right. It. You're doing right. You're doing the vistage speaking. Getting. I mean, you're becoming a lot more of a, a big public speaker out there. Um, obviously, we're we're gonna we're gonna check out what you're you know what you're up to at advantages.net. They can um, check out your book. I've been in the social media and in the. Uh, the show description here on this episode. Well, I'm going to put a link to, to get the book also, but I just really appreciate you coming on and, and sharing all this and, you know, how to, how to see a fractional CMO engagement or really any marketing effort. It sounds like to make sure it's successful. So really appreciate it. Absolutely. Listen, just get the right ROI, figure it, figure it out. If you have any questions, send them along. I'm, I'm happy to help. Right. All right. You can reach out to Fran Biederman Gross uh, through the site. And thank you so much. Appreciate you coming on. My pleasure. Thanks, Ben, for having me. My pleasure. And we will see everybody else on the other side. Thanks. You're listening to Win Win, an entrepreneurial community with your host, Ben Wolf.